Amen. Do you have your Bible with you tonight? Maybe your smartphone or your tablet or something. If you turn with me to Jonah, the first chapter of the book of Jonah. I'm going to talk a little bit tonight again on our theme for the month, I Am Prayerful. I'm going to talk to you on this subject tonight, When God Builds the Altar. When God Builds the altar. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was likely to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Amen. When God builds the altar. Why don't you pray with me, Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I'm asking in the next few moments, Lord, you challenge each and every one of us to prayer, Lord. You challenge us to seek your face, Lord, that you challenge us to be what the, what the theme for the month says we are. I am prayerful, amen. Help us to be a praying people, Lord. Help us to be a people who have power with you before your throne, God, who have an altar in our homes and in our lives, Lord, that know how to touch you. I'm asking in the name of Jesus Christ, you let conviction move to this house. Uh, let anointing move to this place. Uh, and let the purpose of prayer settle upon each and every one of us in Jesus name would you say amen amen you may be seated God wanted to save the city of Nineveh now you may rightly ask why he would want to do that you see Nineveh was the capital of Assyria and Assyria was an empire that was thoroughly evil and was a perpetual enemy of Israel. Amen. They were a people who were constantly at war with the people of God and who were constantly working against the purpose of God for his nation. And so you might sit back and ask yourself, why is it that God would become concerned with saving the enemy, as it were? Why is it that God would want to save the city of Nineveh? Amen. The book of Jonah is just a four short chapters. Uh, amen. It wouldn't take you long to read it all the way through. Uh, and if you read it, when you find they get to the end of the book, you'll find uh, the reason why God wanted to save Nineveh. He had compassion on the people who lived there. Amen. I want to tell you something. God loves a lost world. Uh, God loves a world that's moving contrary to his purpose. Uh, God loves a world that's full of sin uh, and debauchery. Amen. There's nobody out there that's so bad that God doesn't love them. Uh, amen. For God so loved the world uh, that 
that he gave his only begotten, amen, that he robed himself, that he came uh, and was manifest in the flesh, that he might die on the cross at Calvary uh, for our sins, uh, amen. I'm thankful today that God loves lost people, amen. I'm thankful today that God loves people who don't deserve his love. I'm thankful today that God loves people who have acted contrary to his will and his purpose. I'm thankful today that God can love the Assyrians, amen, because if he can love the people of Assyria, he can love me, amen. If he can love the people of Nineveh, he can love you, amen. Now, Jonah, Jonah was an 8th century prophet in the reign of Jeroboam II. And we don't know a whole lot about Jonah, but this one thing we know, he was a patriot. He loved his nation, he loved his people, and he had no love for their enemies, particularly the Assyrians, amen? The Assyrians were guilty of atrocities. They'd done vile and wicked things, uh, amen? And if anything, Jonah wanted to see that ancient enemy vanquished. If anything, he wanted to see them destroyed. Uh, if God had come to Jonah like he came to Abraham uh, and said, you know what, Jonah? I'm thinking I might rain fire and brimstone out of heaven uh, and destroy that city. Amen. Jonah would have said, man, can I get a front row seat? Uh, I want to see that happen. Uh, amen. I, he, he had absolutely no love and no compassion for the Assyrians. So when God called Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach that the judgment of God was coming if they did not repent, Jonah immediately resisted God because he knew. He knew that if he went and preached under the power and the anointing of God, if he went in the spirit of prophecy and he preached to those people that judgment was coming, amen, he knew that Nineveh would repent. Uh, and he knew that God would show mercy uh, and he knew that God would hold back his judgment because he knew that God was merciful. In his mind, they didn't deserve it. In his mind, they weren't worthy of it. In his mind, uh, amen, God was wasting his mercy on them. Uh, amen, but I'm here to tell you I'm thankful today that God loves people who don't deserve his mercy. Uh, I'm thankful today that God loves people uh, who aren't worthy of his goodness. Uh, I'm thankful today that God has sent a preacher to preach to a young man uh, who's running from God, uh, who's running from a call of God. Uh, I'm thankful today that God loved me enough to show me mercy. Nineveh was home to 600,000 lost people. Think about that for a minute. 600,000. The boundaries of that city were 60 miles around. We're talking about a massive city. 600,000 people they're going to face the absolute judgment of God. 600,000 people that are lost and about to come under the wrath of God. And God had more trouble getting his prophet to relent than he would have getting those people to repent. Think about it. God wanted to reach a lost world 
He just needed one man to go and do what he called him to do. He just needed one man to obey the word of God, to obey the call of God, to step out in faith uh, and do what God was calling him to do. God wanted to reach that lost city. Uh, He just needed Jonah to get on board uh, and obey the call of God. What a tragic statement that it was more difficult for God to get Jonah to go than it was to get Nineveh to repent. Don't let it be said of you that it was harder for God to get you into the harvest than it was for him to save the lost. Don't let it be said of you that it was harder for God to get you to be concerned about a lost world than it was for him to save the lost. Don't let it be said of you that it was more difficult for God to get you to have compassion in your heart for people who are lost and going to hell than it was to save those folks from judgment. God wanted to reach a lost world. God wanted to reach. I'm here to tell you today, God wants to reach a lost world. You don't have to go very far. Look at the headlines, whatever's trending on Twitter, and you can find the wickedness and debauchery of this world, a nation that's far from God, a nation that's turned its back on God. There's a dark agenda driving this nation. But I'm here to tell you, God wants to see this nation saved. God wants to see your friends saved. God wants to see your classmates saved. God wants to see your co-workers saved. God wants to see your family saved. God wants to see them reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ and he's calling you and he's calling me to have compassion on a lost world. But Jonah, Jonah runs from God. I love the text we read because it's very descriptive of what happens when you run from the will of God. If you you followed it with me, Jonah kept going down. He went down to Joppa. He went down to the ship. He went down into the ship. And the Hebrew even contains a play on words, on the, the Hebrew word for down and the description of the deep sleep that he was in. He went down into a deep sleep. Anytime you walk away from God's will, you are always on a downward trajectory. Anytime you ignore the call and the purpose of God, the thing that God is calling you to, you always put yourself on a path where you're walking down away from the presence of God. Amen. You may not get there quickly. You may not get there immediately. It may not be a a sudden transition, uh, but you set yourself on a downward path, a a downward trajectory. Amen. It's not as good as it was yesterday. My walk with God, not as rich uh, as it was yesterday because I turned my back on the will of God uh, and I thought my will was more important than his will. Uh, Amen. I exalted what I wanted uh, above what God was calling me to do and it puts me or puts you or puts anybody who does that on a downward trajectory away from the presence of God. Amen. Jonah would eventually find his way all the way down to what he described in his own words as the belly of hell. 
you can't get much further down than that. You see, God had a plan and a purpose. God had a calling. The prophets, we know from the word of God, were called from their mother's womb. Amen. Before that baby was ever born, God spoke purpose over that baby's life. I'm going to tell you something. The prophets were not unique. Amen. Before you were ever born, God had a purpose for your life. Before you ever entered this world, God had a plan for you. Amen. He has a perfect will for your life. Uh, amen. But Jonah, Jonah was walking away from that. Jonah was walking down uh, away from that. And Jonah needed a prayer meeting. We're talking about being prayerful this month. Uh, Jonah needed a moment uh, in the presence of God. Jonah needed a moment uh, where he stood before the throne of God and remembered why God called him, remembered why God made him remember what his purpose is in life you better find your purpose amen your purpose is bigger than your job. Your purpose is bigger than your education. Your purpose is bigger than all the stuff that you consider to be hobbies. Uh, amen. God's got a purpose for you. Amen. Your life matters in the eternal perspective. Uh, amen. God has set you on a course. Uh, and if you don't know what God's purpose is for your life, uh, can I invite you tonight to find your way to an altar uh, and pray until God speaks purpose uh, into you? You want to make heaven your home, uh, you better make sure you find out why you're here. Amen. So God, recognizing that Jonah needed a moment in the presence of God, God built him an altar. Think about that for a minute. We're called to be a prayerful people. And prayer matters because it keeps you in the will of God. Prayer matters because it keeps you sensitive to the voice of God. Prayer matters because it keeps your fleshly man under submission to the purpose of God. But Jonah was all out of whack. Jonah had his priorities all out of order because he was not praying. He valued retribution over repentance. He wanted his way more than he wanted God's way. Honey, that's a sure sign that you need to find an altar. Uh, if 600,000 lost souls uh, doesn't bother you, uh, amen, then you need to find an altar. Uh, if you can be entertained uh, by the moral perversion of this world and it doesn't bother you, you need to find an altar. Uh, if you can encounter the garbage uh, and the trash uh, that this world calls entertaining uh, and it doesn't shock your spirit, uh, you need an altar, amen. You need to find a place uh, in the presence of God. Uh, if an epidemic uh, of abortion uh, doesn't bother you, uh, if the stories that come out daily uh, about how little life is valued in our world doesn't bother you, you need to build an altar in your life. I'm going to tell you something I can say with authority and certainty. You don't want God to build that altar for you. You don't want to put yourself in a place 
where God decides to get your attention. You need to make up your mind. It'd be a whole lot better for you uh, if you built that altar on your own. Uh, it'll be a whole lot better for you uh, if you turn your heart towards heaven on your own. Uh, it'll be a whole lot better for you uh, if you get a desire and a compassion uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a purpose uh, for the will of God in your life. Uh, it'll be a whole lot better for you uh, if you'll build yourself an altar. But Jonah, Jonah didn't have time to pray. He's too busy being judgmental. Jonah didn't have time to pray. He's too busy being entertained. Jonah didn't have time to pray. He was too busy enjoying his life. Jonah didn't have time to pray. So God built him an altar. You've heard the story before, and I'm not going to delve too deeply into it. There was a terrible storm. The kind that makes men who make their living on the water afraid. Amen. You got to think about it. These, are, these aren't amateur weekend fishermen. These are men who do this for a living. And they're so afraid they're praying to every God they can find. Amen. They're so afraid they're throwing everything overboard. They're doing anything they can to lighten the vessel. They're, they recognize they are in imminent danger. It was a terrible storm. And they're frightened. Uh, and they're superstitious. Uh, and they call everybody to prayer. Everybody's praying. Some are praying to this idol God. Some are praying to that idol God. Some are praying to some superstition and some are praying. They're all praying. Huh? But the one man who knows God, huh? the one man who knows how to pray, the one man who can touch heaven, he's sound asleep. This past Tuesday was the National Day of Prayer. Don't let it be said that the world got together to pray for peace. And the church, who should know what prayer is, slept through it. Don't let it be said that people are on the, the verge of losing everything and they're crying out to a desperate God, crying out desperately to God for relief. And the people who know how to pray uh, are asleep, uh, aren't even aware uh, of what's going on called everybody to pray and Jonah didn't show up and finally somebody went down and they found Jonah asleep in the hold and they drug him out and said my goodness man whoever your God is pray to him don't you know what kind of danger we're in Jonah didn't have time to pray so they cast lots and their superstition God used it for his purpose yeah, they put their faith in the roll of dice to tell them the will of the idols they worship. And God moved those dice to identify the one man that he was dealing with on that vessel. Jonah, you know, he didn't volunteer himself. The lot revealed who, who it was. They came to Jonah and said, my goodness, what have you done? Jonah said to them that he said, I'm in, I'm in a bad way. The God I serve is angry with me. If you throw me overboard, he may spare the ship. If you read the narrative, the Bible doesn't say that they immediately threw him overboard. They tried. They cared more about Jonah than Jonah cared about them. 
They tried to save his life. They fought the wind and the waves. And when the situation finally became so desperate that they had no other recourse, they threw Jonah overboard into a raging sea. We, we look at the story from the other end. We know what's waiting in the ocean. Jonah doesn't. When he goes over the side of that ship, he has absolutely no idea that God's going to spare him. He truly believes he's going to his death. You'd think he would pray. You'd think that he would have said, wait a minute, guys. Let me get on my knees for just a minute. I need to talk to the good Lord. He knows what's going on. He's in charge. But he didn't. And so he went over the side of the boat. The Bible tells us that God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale. And finally, he prayed. Life would have been a whole lot simpler if Jonah would have prayed a whole lot sooner. But apparently Jonah was waiting for God to build him an altar that he could not refuse. Apparently Jonah was so stubborn, he was waiting for God to put him in a predicament that he couldn't get out of without prayer. And make no mistake about it, my friend, if you put God in that place, he'll do it. He'll put you in a place you can't get out of without praying. If he wants you on your knees, honey, he'll put you on your knees. Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Then Jonah, then, after being swallowed by the fish, then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. What a strange place to build an altar in the belly of a fish. It's not the place that you would choose. It's not the place that I would choose. It's not the place that Jonah would have chosen. But it's exactly the kind of place that God chooses when we refuse to build our own altar. Listen to this preacher for a few moments on a Wednesday night. Hardship and adversity ultimately drive us to our knees. God speaks to us in our calamity. He calls us to prayer in our trouble, in our pain. Now, amen. It's much better to pray now than it is to wait until you find yourself in the belly of a well. Amen. Jonah 2 and 2 and Jonah said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, I cried, and thou heardest my voice. I can tell you why Jonah finally prayed. By reason of mine affliction. I, I wouldn't submit to you. I, I wouldn't have yielded to you. I wouldn't build an altar. Uh, Jonah hadn't been praying for quite some time. Uh, he was too busy fleeing from God. Uh, he was too busy neglecting his spiritual responsibility. He was too busy sleeping through the storm. But God got his attention by reason of mine affliction. Out of the belly of hell, he prayed. Jonah 2 and 3 says, For thou hast cast me into the deep. 
These are the words of Jonah describing his predicament. Listen to him. You cast me into the deep, in the midst of the sea. The floods compassed about me. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then said I, I am cast out of thy sight. Yahweh, look again towards thy holy temple. All of a sudden, Jonah finds himself looking for God. The water compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed in round about me, and the weeds were wrapped about my head. Uh, honey, I'm going to tell you something. When God gets your attention, he does it right. Uh, amen. When he builds you an altar, he leaves you with no other recourse uh, but to pray. Uh, he puts you in a place uh, where there's nowhere else to turn, uh, and there's nothing else to do in the belly of a whale uh, surrounded by foul waters uh, with weeds wrapped around his head. Uh, Jonah thought finally found a place uh, to cry out to God. From the belly of hell, he said. Verse 2, back, back to verse 2, Brother Dennis. From the belly of hell, he said, I cried, and you heard me. I want to tell you, God hears you wherever you pray. Even in the midst of your affliction, sometimes we look at circumstances that come up on our lives and we recognize them as the judgment of God. And one of hell's most successful lies is you have gone too far. You've done too much. Look, God is angry with you. You're reaping what you've sowed. You got here by your own hand. But hell portrays it in such a way that there is no escape. God will no longer hear your prayer. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you what Jonah learned in the belly of a whale. God will hear you wherever you pray. Even in the midst of your affliction, even in the middle of your dark moment, even that, that place where the judgment of God is being poured out on you. Honey, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't nice. Uh, it wasn't like a padded church pew. Amen. It, it stunk. It was foul. It was terrible. The atmosphere was bad. Everything around him, the acid uh, that was eating at his skin uh, in the belly of that well, those digestive juices that break down things. Uh, amen. He's there not for just a few minutes, uh, not for just a few hours. Uh, not even just a day, uh, but three days in the belly of the whale, he cries out to God, uh, and God heard him from the altar of affliction. In verse 7, he said, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Don't put yourself in the place where your soul has got to faint before you remember to pray. Don't put yourself in the place where your soul has to be fainting before you call out to God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. Uh, amen. When his soul fainted inside of him, when Jonah finally came to the end uh, of himself, uh, when Jonah finally came to the place uh, where he's exhausted all of his resources, uh, when Jonah finally got to the place place uh, where he had nothing left that he could do. Uh, he knew no way of escape. Uh, even death had let him down. He thought maybe when he went over the side of that ship, it was all over. At least then it had just been over. But even death failed him. And he's in the belly of a well and he has nowhere else to go. And from there he calls out to God when my soul fainted. I remembered the Lord.
finally in the belly of a whale, Jonah yielded to the will of God. Verse 9 says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. I owe you a debt, and I've been ignoring my debt, but I'm going to pay you what I owe you. Salvation is of the Lord. I'm here to plead with you on a Wednesday night. Don't put yourself in that place, amen, where God has to make you pray. Don't put yourself in that place where God has to get your attention to get you to seek his face. God brought him out of his trouble, but not until he prayed. Verse 10 says, And the Lord spoke unto the fish. Fish has been swimming through the ocean for three days. Fish don't have GPS. I don't know how they navigate. I know how this one navigated. By the hand of God. Because when God tells that fish, spit that old prophet out, he spits him out right there on the beach outside of Nineveh. And God wasn't finished with Jonah yet. So often we pray for God's deliverance. And then when he delivers us, we forget what we prayed. And you find yourself in crisis, and God builds you an altar, you get on your face before him, and you plead, and you beg, and you pray, and God comes through. And then you forget what you prayed. And neglect what God is doing. I don't want you to forget this. It was God who built this altar, not you. It was God who put you in this place. Crisis was his way of communicating that he's not finished with you yet. Don't neglect that. Amen. Hell will tell you, well, you know, you've blown it. You've messed up. But chapter 3 and verse 1 says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go into Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. My favorite part of the Jonah story is in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Aren't you thankful for second chances? Aren't you thankful for the grace and the mercy of God? I can just imagine Jonah getting up on that beach, exhausted and done in, probably thinking that, well, God has spared my life, but I doubt he'll ever call me again. Amen. He has delivered me from the belly of the whale, and I have repented, and, and maybe I've got things right between me and him, but he's never going to trust me with his word again. Amen. I, I can just imagine him standing there on the seashore wondering what the next step will be. Amen. Reckoning that he has blown it. Yes, he has been delivered. Yes, God is merciful. He knew this about God before it ever started. He knew that if Nineveh repented, God would hear, and he knows now that God is heard his cry and God has been merciful to him but he doesn't know whether or not God will still use him the devil will always tell you God can't use you but God speaks to Jonah a second time and the funny thing about it is the message doesn't change God said now that I got your attention let me tell you what I already told you 
go down to Nineveh and preach. I'm thankful for the God of the second chance. I'm thankful that second chances don't just relate to salvation. How many of us have ever had to have second chances in salvation? But I'm thankful that second chances also relate to service, to calling, to purpose. Amen. God called me to preach. As a young man, God called me to preach. I spent years running from the call of God on my life. I'm thankful that second chances don't just relate to the salvation of my soul, but they relate to the calling of God that is placed on my life. What that tells me is no matter where you are, amen, no matter how, how far asleep you've gotten, no matter how much you've missed the will and the purpose of God for your life, you don't have to wait for God to build you an altar to get right with him, amen. He's a God of second chances. He's a God of second callings. He's a God of, of a, a fresh purpose, uh, of a renewed anointing, amen. He's that God. Uh, and if you'll build yourself an altar, amen, and you'll call out to him, he'll put inside of you, a fresh desire and a fresh passion for the purpose of God. Amen. He'll put inside of you a compassion for a lost world. Uh, he'll put inside of you the conviction, uh, amen, that drives you to reach out into the harvest. Amen. All around you, there are people uh, who are lost. Uh, they're going to end up in a devil's hell uh, if somebody doesn't reach them with the gospel uh, of Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you'll pray, it doesn't take all day. Uh, it doesn't take all night. It doesn't take all week. Uh, it doesn't take a seven day fast. Uh, if you shut yourself away at an altar and pour your heart out to God, uh, he will renew his call. Amen. 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 So the question tonight is what is he calling you to do? What is, he, what is your purpose in life? Perhaps you should find an altar and pray before he builds one for you. If you'd stand with me, Brother Ryan, if you come. I don't know that maybe Jonah has gotten so caught up in his neglect of the call of God that he's forgotten his purpose entirely. I don't know why it is that in the middle of the storm he doesn't repent. I don't know why it is that when they're casting lots and it becomes obvious that God is singling him out that he doesn't repent right there. I, I don't know. I, I have to imagine he's gotten so caught up in his life, his dreams, his wants. He's neglected the call and the purpose of God for so long that he's comfortable there. Honey, don't put yourself in that place. That's when God will build you an altar. I preached from Jonah, but I could have preached from Samson. Amen. I preached from Jonah, but my Bible's full of examples. When God builds the altar, you don't want God to build your altar. Amen. You better find a place and get serious with God. You better find a place and, and set your heart before him and say, Lord, what is your purpose? What is your calling? What is it that you have for me? Amen. There's something that you've called me to do. Amen. There's, there's something you've called. My life has a purpose and a meaning that is more important than anything else in my life. Let me discover that. Let me get a hold of that. Let that become the passion that drives me. In the name of Jesus, I'm calling you to a place of prayer this, this evening. We are a prayerful church. 
Don't let it ever be said that we neglected the altar so long that God had to build one for us. Don't let it ever be said that the only way God could speak to us was through trial and tragedy and adverse circumstances. But let it be heralded through the halls of heaven. There's a church in Lake City, Arkansas that knows how to pray, that knows how to find their way into the presence of God, that's willing to yield themselves to the will of God. And there's a lost world that will rejoice when somebody comes to them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that somebody is you, and it's me. Let's find a place for a few moments on a Wednesday night. Let's seek the face of God together.